How to start the podcast quickly and efficiently, but in a nutshell, I've never seen friends before. You have, and you have, and your name is Nikki and Nico. Hello. Hi, man. Um, I like that we've tried formal introduction. Yeah. We've not- tried just cutting in with laughter. We've kind of gone back to slightly informal introduction. Yeah, this is more of a we'll find introduction. Yeah. We'll find it. I'll tell you what was interesting about this introduction of this episode of Friends, mm. the one with the blackouts. Nice. Um, longer intro titles. They had a little, little tail on it. Mm. Yes. Unnecessary. It was jarring. It jarred me. Yeah, it was a bit longer. I actually, yeah, when I was watching, I was like, oh, hello. Bit more. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> bit more today. <laughs> is that how you feel? A few uh, extra. <laughs> what is this lunch lady bit? Yeah. <laughs> this is a great character. I don't know. It's just just me, apparently, right now, in the here and now. Let's live in this moment. Yep. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, for those listeners that aren't in the heat of Auckland summer, mm. we are sweating balls. Mm. <laughs> it's like 11 at night. Yeah. And the humidity. I had to just go and dump water all over my mm. head and neck and face. It has not ceased. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm. Put all over my neck, <laughs> my back, and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> what do I face neck and chest? Um, I don't know if it was watching that episode in the hot, hot heat. And I'm jumping strand of clothes. This is, the podcast is just becoming friends, <laughs> what are they wearing? Yeah. But Ross was wearing this corduroy turtleneck, and I was like, bro, it was too hot for mm. that. I know you live in New York, and I don't know what the season is, and I know that sometimes you're going outside, but there were moments where he was sitting inside a cafe watching Phoebe do her first live performance at the uh, coffee, per- the Central Perk, mm. um, but I was like, bro, too hot for your tool neck there, mm. and they go home, you've just got a million candles roasting up your house, you don't need a turtleneck in there either. Can I just say, that turtleneck, like that look, has like come into my life in three different places in a way that I'm like I'll never forget. So Ross is one of them. It's such a look. The second one is Craig David. <laughs> like, ah, bull selector. That, yeah, it's such a Craig David like pullover, like madder than a date on Monday. Something in a drink, a turtleneck. That and then I'm pretty sure Jude Law wears one in the holiday. I like think it's he does. such a like. Oh, I'm like a heartthrob dude, like in a cozy situation, like come up into my jacuzzi. Why are you wearing a turtleneck? It's going to ruin the casual. I mean, that's more the Craig David angle. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it could ruin the casual. <laughs> um, see, he was the runner up for my costume watch this episode. Mm. While the turtleneck is horrible, we're introduced to the character Paolo, who's the Italian. Mm-hmm. He is Italian. Of course, cool. like that's just a generalization. That's bad if it is, but no, I got it right. Sweet. They're saying multiple times. In no, I was, I was, well, I wasn't listening because I was too distracted by his quite tight-fitting white long-sleeve t-shirt, which sounds like a regular shirt. However, the four giant silver badge button things on his shoulder—what is going on there? I didn't notice that at all. Oh, he's, it's almost like he's gone to the scouts. And he's got like scout badges on his shoulders, but instead of being scout badges, they're just like big old silver button things, like rectangles. No, I didn't notice that I, at I all. Well, there you that. go. Nitpicking. Yeah. yeah, costume watch indeed. Yeah. This episode to introduce who Paolo is is the one where there's a blackout. 
That's as simple as that. The lights go off in New York City. Now, here's my question, because this was a two... It was a classic sitcom A story, B story. Mm. A story, it's the friends in their apartment. Well, the A story is basically like Ross is going to try and seize his moment with Rachel. Right. Right. Mm. Um, Featuring the gang. Yeah, Yeah. you know, know, he gets derailed. The B story, Chandler is stuck in a bank. Uh, It's true. Stuck in a... Stuck in a... Worth world? <laughs> Jill Goodacre. Was that, like, was Chandler, was, was Matthew Perry just busy, like, that day? And, and like, they had to, like, let's shoot you separately. Because there was no reason for him to do that. Was, oh, I hated it. <laughs> Every time I cut back to them, I was like, ugh. Do you know well, the thing that you hated most, though? I know what thing I hated most. <laughs> that now... Two episodes in a row. In a voiceover. Mm-hmm. Brain voiceover. And also, the previous episode, there was a little, like, maybe three lines of dialogue of Monica in bed wondering how to pick up her shoes. Mm. Someone over at Warner Brothers obviously liked that. Like, we're going to do so much the next episode in voiceover. I really liked that because pretty much all of Chandler's dialogue was voiceover this episode. Yeah, it was, wasn't dire. It was mono. <laughs> well, uh, That's the log it was. Um, but now, now you know what I did hate it initially, where I thought, actually, if this is going to be a thing, cool, let it be a thing. I'm not against all voiceovers and all sitcoms, just when they try and invent conventions later on, but we've, we've, we've discussed that. My main beef was the just varying sitcom acoustics, where Chandler is on the phone, and he, he does his, like, talking out the side of his mouth thing, but essentially he's still just in one vestibule <laughs> with someone who's only I don't know, not 10 metres away, but then later on in the episode when uh, Ross takes Rachel to like, the other side of the room to try and talk to her about something oh it's fine, even though everyone's just in a, the open plan kitchen we can still talk at normal sitcom talking and we're mm. just expected to believe that because the others aren't in the frame of the camera, they can't hear what's going on. No, we have touched on this before with the acoustics in that apartment there is that there's that silent spot when Monica was talking to Ross about her parents mm. and about trying to tell him that he was going to be a dad, yeah, but not hushed enough so they wouldn't hear. So there is that like kind of wall of silence that runs from the the kitchen to. Can the I lounge. just say, I mean, you guys are so hung up on this, and I would love to actually see the season of Friends where you're directing it and you try and get around that somehow by just constantly having sets of two friends go off into the hallway and toilet just so they can have dialogue, not us listening. No, <laughs> I mean yes, I would. Uh, that's a solution that we shouldn't overlook. But secondly, try whispering. Mm. <laughs> that's another thing they can do because they've got those things in Hollywood called. Boom mics, where you can cut in close, they can whisper, and there's a giant microphone above the actors' heads. Yeah, yeah. They pick up whispers. It's exactly its primary function. Mm. Or picking up sound. (laughs) Yeah, not just whispering. Whisper. I'm going to give you through this entire (laughs) podcast one more, one more time that you're allowed to complain about that, and then you can let it go. (laughs) One more acoustics complaint. Yeah, one more complaint about like they were all in the same room. But they just talk like they were. I'm like you blow one more. within two weeks, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just know it. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. Um, did Friends, this was the first mention, they mentioned the Friends Zone. Yeah. Did Friends invent the Friends Zone? I have some, I'm so glad you brought this up because I can't answer that question for society, but what I can say is they did for me. Right. That's the only reason that I know about that totally 
crazy, like, fucked up viewpoint of the friend zone. Yeah. It's thanks to friends. So no thanks, friends, with your underlying kind of sense that women are just there to pleasure you and until all of a sudden you become relegated to the friend zone but you're owed sex and what? Like, no. I mean, I'm not surprised it came out of Joey's mouth, but still. Yeah, I don't mean that they've certainly popularised it. Yeah. Also, would a better hit name for this podcast have been the friend zone? The friend zone. I like it. Well, <laughs> to your point that you made two seconds ago, do we want to continue <laughs> to popularise that title? Because we are popular. We're, tra- we're taking... <laughs> We're taking it back. We're changing the name. Yeah. yeah. We're taking back the friend zone. The friend zone, but the friends could the friend could be in the friends. I mean, like, I'm just copyrighted gonna, font. I'm just gonna call it as the woman in the room that it's really dicey that you two men are like, we're reclaiming the friend zone. Please don't. Well look, there don't make go. it don't make it like early friends episodes where we were talking about the difference between men and women. <laughs> I was just riffing on the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just simmer down. Okay. Oh God. Oh no. Yeah, don't. You're not allowed to leave now, Haley. The minute you leave, I'm going to be in deep shit. (laughs) No, you're not. But society's gonna uh, know the choices that you're making. Just, just big old joke. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. Well, feminism isn't a big old joke, but still, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh God. Um, If if it was possible for me to sweat more, (laughs) I am now. Anyway, I'm just going to say let's not call it the friend zone, but let's hold friends completely responsible for popularizing that term. Mm. And you know what? Let's just pull a plug and stop watching. (laughs) Um, But that's horrifying. mm, That friends... So so the concept of the friend zone or that friends is making us a thing? Yeah, I just feel kind of... Yeah, I just feel sad like watching it and being like, oh, yeah... Even if some other show popularized the term friends over before friends, I suppose what I'm saying is they didn't, like, I wouldn't have known about it until friends. And it's taken me rewatching it now to be like, oh, thank you for that, like, embedding that concept into my life. Yeah, and probably not just your life, but many people. Yeah, and I've never watched friends, but I'm familiar with the concept of the, the friend zone mm. that sort of um, every, every woman is, a, is an option until it's like, ah, yeah. oh, now I'm in the friend zone. Yeah. But you were definitely an option before then. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And maybe we shouldn't name a podcast after it, Nico. I know. <laughs> I know. But also, like, maybe it is called The Friend Zone because of friends. They invented it. <laughs> right. I'm going to flush this conversation <laughs> down the toilet. Uh, um. <laughs> I was trying to go for a gag, <laughs> and about halfway through, I realized that it wasn't working and it wasn't funny. Yeah. I'm trying to look into a different TV show. <laughs> to be called, it wasn't called The Cheers Zone. It's called The Friends Zone. But no, anyway. Hadley. Hadley. Yeah. I know you're a big fan out of physical comedy. I love it. And so, I mean, while this uh, episode in itself seems pretty problematic, you must have been loving it. (laughs) Well, yes, but also sometimes I wondered, (sighs) try less, team. It's almost like... You can't be pleased, Hadley. <laughs> I'm so contrarian. And also, it's season one. You have a long road ahead of you. <laughs> like, the cat thing, um, very funny. The audience, the studio audience are lapping it and, up. Um, and going back to the fact that the DVDs that we're watching are all the extended cuts, there was probably about 35 seconds extra cat acting on the balcony while they're all singing I'm on top of the world like in the <laughs> regularly screened episode of maybe like four seconds hashtag five no, seconds hashtag no exaggeration um, right. but 30, 35 seconds he was, he was doing laps of that balcony that cat 
like yeah yeah and i had no doubt that there was actually david schwimmer doing that and they didn't use a stunt person because i felt like if i use like more of like a trained physical clown there's a bit more variation in the uh cat distress of the cat jumping on his back mm. it was funny and the audience was laughing hooting and hollering and i did enjoy it but i did think it was too much maybe out of like the original ad thing Shannon also had a lot of physical comedy exactly we've got mm. gum choke gum, gum choke. chew gum spit pen whirl pen whip yeah whip and whirl there's also just a weird dancing that he's doing when he realizes he's stuck in the vestibule with uh, yeah, yeah. with uh, some guy Jill Goodacre. Jill, yeah. Jill Goodacre. Ah, uh, the well-known Victoria's Secret model from 1994, Jill Goodacre. Um, so, of all of these things, you must be wondering which one's here going to give us the award, this yeah. physical comedy award. Do you know who wins it? Hit me with it. Yeah, oh, you gonna take a guess or uh, I'm gonna go. You're gonna say Phoebe. I'm gonna say Jill Goodacre. <laughs> The one is Joey. He <laughs> does some hilarious arm folding in this episode. And I don't know whether it was because there's a whole thing about Monica used to have a crush on him. So a, a dint, a dent on him mm. uh, because mm. oh, she thought he had nice arms. But for the rest of the episode, and especially when he's watching with disapproval how Paolo's interacting with um, Rachel yeah. knowing that his boy Ross is, is now missing out and then hitting a piece of that. Yep. Um, but Joey, he's got his arms folded and it's really funny. It's subtle um, mm. and I, I like it. It's definitely a peacock of his bicep. Like, mm. I think there's definitely a strong um, intention behind his arm folding. Yeah, but he's not like, you know, early in the episode he does do this thing where he's like moving the chair and yeah. he's like a big deal. Mm. But this is just him. He's still... And it's it's one of more it's a slightly more nuanced LeBlanc than we've seen previously. <laughs> yeah, he also does some very amusing walking in holding the big candle. Yeah, what the menorah. It? Menorah, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, although it was a, a bugbear of mine that when he places it after he's walked in, one's gone out. Mm. Well, give the guy a break. There's no, no, six well, or seven no, candles. Direct the course cut, or go and pick up a shot, and someone can just. Like, well, the director looks at him and goes, "You know what?" That probably would happen. Also, all of the candles went out. Oh, this is the episode where me and you have a fight after the episode. <laughs> I'm just trying to plow through. <laughs> <laughs> all of the candles went out. Mm. How long was that blackout? Well, considering that ice cream sandwich had turned into soup within two, <laughs> two hours, a freezer keeps the ice in for at least 24. <laughs> and the last candle that they're all staring at, oh, it's the last candle. It was throwing a lot of light to light up the entire apartment mm. and then as soon as that one gets blown out it is pitch black darkness this doesn't count as an acoustics problem this is a lighting issue yeah this is lighting issue the same bucket guys no, 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 no. <laughs> it doesn't count the lighting is great the lighting is great I love it can I ask you uh, maybe it's an obvious question but I was confused during the episode in a blackout mm. the power isn't working the lights aren't working telephones like a home phone? Yeah, no, they work. Yeah. And that's what the crazy thing about mobile tele- telecommunication today is, is everyone, um, no one these days has like plug-in landline phone. Even if you do, it's probably like a cordless phone that has like a, a battery operator's receiver or a power, you know, that you plug that in. Mm. That's not going to work. So it's always good in your garage. Here's Hadley's public safety announcement. Just have an old phone just hanging around your house that you can plug in the wall if necessary because they still work. Because remember, like, you know, your old phone that you used to plug in didn't also have, like, a, a power, power cord. That's true, actually, yeah. It just went straight into the phone. Yeah. 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 Nice. I was just like, struck me as a little bit confusing. I was like, hmm, mm. if there's no power and the phones are power operated, 
How are they having a conversation? Well, I mean, I think we've done quite a lot of nitpicking. And I say we, I mean, I think you guys have kind of had your fill of nitpicking. Mm. Um, Can I just do one more? <laughs> Nitpack, please. <laughs> are you asking permission? <laughs> I am. Or are you just going to do it? No, I'm asking permission because it is an of audio course, related one. Of course you can. <laughs> Does it happen in the apartment? <laughs> it doesn't happen in the apartment, oh, good. so I can get away with oh, it. Oh, thank God. Where are they recording the voiceovers for the thoughts? Inside a tin can? <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of like they're doing that so they can differentiate like, oh, the sound quality is terrible because these are what thoughts sound like versus when you talk out loud. Head into this empty green silo. <laughs> that's exactly what it was, yeah. Stand inside this shipping container. You know the famous uh, water tower on the Warner Brothers lot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just in there. They got yeah. the Animaniacs to be quiet <laughs> for half a day while Matthew Perry was recording sound. Yeah. Um, also... I want to hear, again, I want to get back to you really, really quick, but just while we're on his thoughts thing, how do they film that? Do they do that in advance? Are they playing that live and he has to act Yeah, totally, don't you think? I Mm. think so, but that's weird, eh? I want you to film some, I want you to record some of your thoughts and then I want to see you do the acting along to it. Are you saying the acting came first and then they voiced over afterwards or they went and voiced over and then they played the voiceover for him to react on? That is what I'm assuming happened. Um, See, I reckon he knew the lines in his head. And did all the acting silent, and then they've gone through, and he's recorded the voiceover. No way! Yeah, no way. They definitely record the voiceover first, and then and play have playback, and then time it to it. Or someone is off screen, like a AD yeah. or something, reading the lines. For okay, except that, but there's no way that he's just pretending he knows. I don't know. He's a good actor. Have you seen the show Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? I'm just... Okay. <laughs> have you seen that movie where he's a teacher and he helps all those underprivileged kids? I have seen that movie. I know, it's a great movie. I think I cried. I think I was sick at home from work on that day. What movie I was making that? bad choices. Oh, what is that movie? I don't know. It's called something like Danny Come Home or like one of those ones where you like look at it on Netflix and you're like... 89? <laughs> this famous person from Famous Ago? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, is it? <laughs> like, he's always in it. Yeah. Is he the underprivileged child? Who knows? <laughs> Not me. Yeah. He was in a different one. Okay. Finding Forrester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dangerous Minds. No, no. <laughs> oh, he's naming teacher movies now. <laughs> Bad Teacher. Freedom Writers. Mr. Holland's Opus. School of Rock. To Sir With Love. Oh, Mighty Ducks. Dead. Get out. Get out. It happens. It's a school scene. <laughs> Dead Poet Society. Oh, yes. that's a good one. That is a good one. I'm out. Um, oh, no, that one with Jennifer Garner. That one. 13 I, going on 30. No. Oh, suddenly 30. <laughs> Electra. <laughs> yeah. Guys, third appearance of your friend of mine across the road to the apartment the Bob Buttons guy? Oh, no, the ugly, uh, ugly neighbour, who the naked, ugly neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> naked, yeah. ugly neighbour. What's he doing this episode, Hedley? Horrifying, repugnant dude. <laughs> In this episode, he was lighting some candles, and then something bad happened. We only got their well-choreographed response. And then... Rachel oversold. Oh, no, oh she did. No, yeah. I'm happy for you to nitpick. Yeah. I was oh. like, it, I mean, sure, I think it's a good idea in the script. Let her get to table read if that's what you're going to do. Like, let it let it ride through rehearsals. Let her do it on the day. Edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the limpy walk in the hand placement. Yeah. That's yeah. got to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> waka, waka. <laughs> it was... That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was too much. I was watching, uh, I think it was Comedians in Cars 
having coffee, drinking coffee with Jerry mm-hmm. Seinfeld and um, Norm Lewis. It's a title for a TV show. Yeah, too long. Mm. Thanks, Crackle, um, <laughs> where it originally aired before Netflix. You jerks. Um, and Norm was talking about when he first moved out to LA, he started uh, writing for the TV show Roxanne. Mm-hmm. And he was coming from a stand-up background uh, as opposed to a sitcom background and reading the script going, all of these jokes are going to bomb. Uh, are you talking about Roseanne? Yeah, what did I say? You said Roxanne, and I was like, uh, oh, I don't know this one, but Roseanne, yeah. So Roxanne's that movie with Steve Martin. It's yeah. that song by, uh, by, the, by the police, yeah. or as they're now known, Sting. Mm. Yeah. Alan Partridge joke. Aha. Roseanne. Yes. Well, I was writing for Roseanne, saying all of these jokes are going to bomb, mm. and then someone's like, you know, like, no, they won't. Like, just trust us. Yeah. Like, if it's a sitcom, it'll work. I think that was one of those jokes. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. The point is, this was a joke that was in a sitcom and it bombed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> where they all do like the classic, oh, oh, that's it. We don't need a rule of yeah. three for this one. No. Can I just say, interesting tidbit. If you're interested about like sitcom writing stuff, you should definitely go online and she, there's a big like article that's been written about Roseanne because basically like she got pulled out of the comedy circuit to put the show on. It's all about her. Like it's her life. It's her writing. It's everything. And the story of how she basically got taken creative control of her own content taken away from her is like, it's really amazing to read about it from like her perspective and like the matter of fact kind of what happened. She wrote it? Yeah. I definitely recommend that you read that. Okay. I also have a tidbit about Roseanne. Mm. Um, someone that got their start in the biz writing jokes for Roseanne. Yeah. Judd Apatow. Oh. I've got a, a little tidbit about Roxanne. Um, <laughs> lovely woman at my new work. Um, very welcoming. Mm. Amazing. So, <laughs> nice. Who is the guy across the corridor? He looks familiar. I don't know if it's because he's been on the show before or whether he's just somebody else. But he was my favourite cameo over Raul, um, the cat guy. Do you mean Paolo? <laughs> no, Mr. Heckles. No, oh, you said Raul. I did say Raul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I thought you were just emphasising a word, like, out of all the other things. But I thought you said, like, out of Raul. <laughs> just because, you know, sometimes you make some interesting choices in life. <laughs> nah, definitely means Raul. <laughs> What's his name? Paolo. 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 Yeah. Mr. <laughs> Bob Buttons, who lives at number eight. Yeah, number eight. Uh-huh, and he wants the cat. And then when they walk away, he says, you owe me a cat. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> um, he was my favourite cameo of this episode. Great. But he was not like he was a famous person, I don't think. He has appeared in a few things. If you know the movie Billy Madison, he's in that as one of the, like, the advisors to Billy Madison's mm-hmm. dad, I think. Plays mm. a good guy to Bradley Whitford's smug other lawyer. But yeah, Mr. Heckles is a good time. Mm. That's his name. You don't know that, but that's his name, <clears> Mr. Heckles. I said it before, and then we got distracted talking about No, Rubble. I mean that in the world of Friends, Hadley doesn't know that yet. Nobody introduced him. Intr- introduce it. <laughs> Nobody introduced Nobody him. Nobody introduced <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, I like that you picked up A, his character, and B, the number of his apartment. Yeah. Thorough. Another thing I quite like about this episode is the use of the term crap weasel. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's used in a horrific context where Ross is claiming ownership of somebody that he has no right to mm. uh, and trying to kind of interfere with her personal choices in life. Mm. Still really enjoy the use of the word crap weasel. You know what word I don't enjoy the use of? Tousle. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a word that should just be written in red, mm. like, in your head. Is it tussle, though? I think to us, to us it is, like, a bit of a tussle. tussle. No, yeah. tussle. It's tussle. Yeah, but no, but I think New Zealanders would say tussle. Oh, like, it's tussle does it. Yeah. No, I think we'd say tussle. I've, I've never heard, other than friends, someone say tussle. And now you. Yeah. You're in good company. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's tussle. But have you heard people say tussle? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, Maybe we've just got dumber friends than you, though, to be fair. No, I mean, how many times? I mean, meetings and at home and, like, in front of the kids, I've just been saying tousle. I'm just horrified. I'm just horrified. Um, that moment, though, was a very good moment for um, Ross when uh, Joey t- not tousles his hair, but runs his fingers through his hair, and his little face is like... Uh, mm. yeah. His head goes with the hand. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. just loves it a lot. Guys, you've got to talk about something because I'm not going to let it rest. I need to look up the pronunciation of Tussle. What about the pronunciation? Pronunciation, yeah. Pronunciation of pronunciation. Yeah. Zing. Um, Chandler, zing. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, that was quick. I was, re- I was getting ready to fill. Nice. Yeah. Um, but you're there already. Okay, here we go. Tussle. Tussle? <laughs> Put into disorder, to tumble, to choose, to muss. T O U S L E, Tussel. I don't want to be racist, but. But, stop talking. <laughs> I'm not going to trust that computer voice. No. It doesn't sound like they sit comfortably with the English language, therefore, I don't want to take them as an authority on the English language. Here we go, here's another option. Tousle. <laughs> Tousle. 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 No. I'll accept computers doing math sums for me. Doing, I don't know, finding entertainment for me. I'm not going to trust a computer to, to teach me how to speak. And that's, <laughs> that's what it. are you talking about, Hadley? <laughs> I will come over there and tousle your hair. It's terrifying. Yeah, I know. Imagine hearing that in a blackout. <laughs> <laughs> Better than seven. <laughs> I genuinely thought we might have had that moment when the last candle went out. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh my goodness, Paolo is in the house with them. Mm, he's the seventh. He's the seventh. Wouldn't have taken a turn if like then the lights came back on and he's just dead, and they had to deal with like the fact that this guy they don't really know, they never spoke English, yeah. had a heart attack or something. They're just like trying to call the next of kin. Mm. I mean, like what an ep. The cat was seven. <laughs> He tried to kill Ross. Yep, yep. Are we moving on to the next prediction of the next episode? Has anyone got anything else to say about the one with the blackout? You know what? I'm wrapping things up for my chat with mm. the one with the blackout. I'm done. Nikki? Me too. Cool. Next year, the one where Nana dies twice. Okay. Nana is obviously referring to Joey's grandma. Hang on, stop. <laughs> Tussle is when you get into a fight. It's a tussle. Yeah. It's the same word. It's a homophone. You know, like, another one of them. They're tussling over there, but I tussle you here. Why are you going to rhyme the word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry that I interjected. Nah, a tussle. How, does you spell, how do you spell it? T-O-U, either S-S-L-E or S-L-E. Look, doesn't matter right now. Hey, Siri. I'm listening. Say the word T-O-U-S-L-E. <laughs> that may be beyond my ability at the moment. 
You're no use, Siri. <laughs> Once again, I'm not going to trust. I don't computer. trust Siri. So the next episode, <laughs> the one where Nana dies. The one where Nana's hair gets tousled. No, the one where Nana dies. Wait for it. Twice. Okay, here's my read on that situation. Um, I'm going to pick Joey's Nana, and she is a bit of a grifter, a bit of a con artist, and she's got a bit of a scheme going where she works out that if she fakes her own death, then people send in flowers, but she goes, in lieu of flowers, please donate to this charity, and she sets up a charity, and people donate, she collects the money, moves towns. So she's doing the scam, and she does the first sign, and everyone's like, wow, it's amazing. And then she dies for real, they think she's still pulling the scam, but she's actually dead. <laughs> so you think an entire episode of Friends is going to revolve around the ins and outs and emotional turmoil of Joey's Nana's life? Yeah, but also they don't deal with the, the emotional turmoil particularly well. So it's like, they'll explain what happened, but it's just the Friends kind of dealing with the fallout. It'll cut away to Nana having a voiceover <laughs> <laughs> of what she's thinking in her head and like, this is great. So many people are giving me money to my fake charity. Ah! Ah! Heart attack! <laughs> Yeah. Dude. Also, maybe by the end of it, you're going, wait, is she dead though? Ooh, like and then we can move on to the next step. Like One when Nana dies, thrice. <laughs> she doesn't pop up again until season two of Joey. Wow. Nana be old. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or, or young Nana in, in season one. Young Nana in season one. She's not actually his Nana either. Um, it's just a friend, but she poses as his grandma because um, old people get more sympathy. Hmm. Well, we'll see how uh, that prediction pans out. I'm going to tell you to tousle off. <laughs> it's too hot. Don't don't tousle my hair. It's too hot for that. It's just sweat. <laughs> <laughs> good hustle, good hustle, guys. Oh, nice. <laughs>